0: Hi Rich, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you? Well, you know, I'm I'm coming to you. I work for Consolidated Undulating um Widgets. Something. Yeah, sweaters. Consolidated Undulating Cuss. And uh mm-hmm. we own about we have about 10 per You don't know about us, but you're wearing one of our sweaters right now. Uh we we cornered oh. the sweater industry in 1992 and uh, ever what since all the sheep, all the factories, the whole thing it's all us. you don't even know about us uh, mm. and uh you know what i i, I can't e- i want to do um here's the thing A big company we have over two hundred billion employees when you count the sheep and uh and we make over two trillion dollars an hour uh but you know what the problem is I see all these little sheep shearing three d printing sweater companies coming up, and I mean that's a threat uh, that, that's worrying. Mm. And I wanted to mm-hmm. talk to you about how my organization, Consolidated Undulating Sweaters, can mm-hmm. become a truly innovative player and compete with all these upstarts. Because, you know, if we don't get there first and start doing 3D printing AI sweaters, they're going to do it. So I was wondering mm. what you think about a company at this scale, global sweater supply, textile chains, container ships, everything. What do you think about mm. us Getting our innovation going, getting our innovation on is what I like to say. Let's get our inno on when I'm, when I'm running the Agile standup that I instituted in the innovation group mm-hmm. six months ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You notice I'm doing all the talking. Let me stop. Let's mm-hmm. get into the episode. And you tell me as a big organization how to innovate because I know there's a plan. I know there's a way to do it. It's got to work.
1: Well, first off, congratulations on your success. There's I I mean, a lot of happy people and happy sheep, actually. You've been good to your sheep uh, well, throughout. Well, yeah. I and mean, they keep... No, after the, after the 80s,
0: um, you know, we had to open a sheep hospital, but it's, it's all now. I mean, oh my God. Yeah. No, yeah, they go to college. It's great. So, it's look, amazing.
1: You succeeded and you became incredibly big because you were really good at it in the beginning. Thank you. Yes, that's in, great. In 1885,
0: a Scottish man named Yeah, Bob McDarmid sheared his first sheep for us. and Here we are. Well, there you go. So many. Years and you're later. now a,
1: a you're a, you're a monster. You're a giant megacorp that is that you know supplies sweater to sweater materials to 20 different brands. God bless. That's great. Yeah, that's but, great. You know, Congratulations have, on that.
0: We we have a motto, Rich. One sweater at a time.
1: Oh, boy. All right. Well, we don't have to get into the motto. Maybe we can talk about that another time, about mottos. Um, You are not the first to come to me and talk to me about your innovation arm or incubator or group or whatever it is.
0: Wait a minute. minute. You're telling me that my innovation group isn't innovative here at Consolidated Undulating Sweater?
1: I'm sure it is innovative. I'm sure it's
0: great. It sure is. You
1: know what else was innovative? Xerox Park was really, really innovative. Oh, I love really those innovative. guys.
0: Yeah, they, they created the whole operating system. Good for them.
1: Yeah. So let me tell you a little story about Xerox. Not Xerox Park, but Xerox. Xerox innovated and became a giant company that made sure every law firm and every bank and every office had a copy machine. And then they sold you parts and materials and toner cartridges. So it was a money-making machine. And you know what happens when you make a lot of money, Paul? Only good things. (laughs) Not always only good things. You take a little bit of that money because you're not sure what to do with all of it. And you create a little sandbox. (laughs) You're not even sure why you created the sandbox? No, I know. You're you're just like, you know what? the future is, is coming for We have a lot of money. Well, no, no. Why? There's always this. Even...
0: There's always this. Let me, let me, let me break character for a minute. There's always this, which is like, you know, we disrupted the industry. It used to be that you had all these people. We, we, you know, Xerox came in and was like, "We are going to." You think carbon paper is interesting here? You think you're going to just like type things and get one copy? We'll make you hundreds of copies. God That's help right. the people in the carbon paper industry. You know, they were they had a bad couple of years. Yeah. So Xerox is like, hold on a minute. Future is going to keep coming. We better be right there. We're going to capture it. We're going to be the one.
1: Somebody in somebody in Xerox cared enough to stand up Xerox Park. And Correct. look, let me tell you something that happens to people. There's actually with a money very good a book about scale. This.
0: There's a good book about this it's called Dealers in Lightning. It's good. That's okay, all. excellent.
1: Here, let me tell you something that happens with, with money at scale. Okay. Humans can't process it. When Xerox was making, and I'm pulling this out of thin air, you know, $10 billion a year, someone strolled in and said, look, it's $10 billion. I just need 200 million. There's some really smart PhDs, some social psychologists, some really innovative thinkers in Northern California. Let's give them a place to play because some good things may come out of it. That is not coming from a place of paranoia. That is not coming from like a fearing the future place. That is literally coming from, sure, take a little play money. Go get yourself something nice. Sure. Do you know why? Why? And and, Well, well, the why is we just can't understand money at that scale. We actually can't. We can't. We simply can't. Like Apple's R&D is notoriously gigantic. Apple threw away a car. They designed a car for five not years. Just, They're like,
0: not just nope. not just one car. Like you could throw yeah. you can imagine a big company being like, I don't need that Chrysler anymore. That Ford Taurus yeah. is getting old. No, they they oh. as far as anyone can tell, they've just gone, eh, we're not gonna do self driving cars. <laughs> That's enough. No.
1: There is a cyberpunk garage in the side of a mountain with some really interesting designs. Yeah, you know, that I, I were imagine just sort looked, of left on the
0: shelf. Remember those Macs that were like translucent, uh, translucent plastic, and like bright primer in bright colors? Like, Aqua? yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's what yeah. you got—like cars that look like
1: that. IMAX. So, look, your heart's in the right place, Paul, in thinking we got to do something about this and innovate because people are three D printing it. So that's where it always starts the heart's always in the right place. Mm-hmm. The issue arises when you take your little toy that you put together in your sandbox back to the larger orc, back to the monolith. And then right. you're like, guys, look, look. It's, it's, is it that different than a seven-year-old showing up with a cool drawing of like Space Mountain? It's kind of the same thing. And always in hindsight,
0: it's easy to go, man, those Xerox Park executives were a bunch of morons. They saw the future right. and they said, no, we're gonna sell more photocopiers. You guys get back to California. Meanwhile, Apple right. literally came over to Xerox Park and said, how about we license all of this and look at which one is the largest in the world right now, right? So that's, that's the it takes... consensus narrative. The consensus narrative is like, Steve Jobs came over and knew what to do, but those executives back in Rochester, New York, what a bunch of idiots.
1: can think of two examples um uh where the innovate the leadership or the you know the, the higher ups in the org saw felt the rumble of a tsunami coming felt they had a very limited amount of time and said we are nothing we are dead you have to absolutely kill a part of yourself to take that seed of innovation and actually bet everything just right, what bet absolutely everything one example is netflix netflix used to mail you dvds right now it was we, competing we say, okay. with
0: it was competing with blockbuster at the time right like School hey you know what'll be better better choice more options you go instead of having to go to a place where they overcharge you late fees and you get that microwave oh, popcorn I, I
1: got them i did it yeah
0: you can have any dvd you want and you can watch it so that was exciting
1: yes it was exciting and And it wasn't like, oh my God, they see st-. streaming was kind of around. There was videos on the internet still the idea of streaming a whole movie or a whole show felt crazy and expensive with your internet connection back then. like it was still it was still the beginning of it. so but it wasn't like this incredible technological leap. But what you had was leadership at Netflix saying, the party is about to end we are going off a cliff right and the only thing we have the only hope we have is something fundamentally entirely different they probably spent millions of dollars on like envelope sorting machines
0: there's a factory somewhere rich with like a pile of dvd sleeves with the dot matrix adam sandler movie information just sitting there in a corner exactly Never exactly. going to get sent and out. And look,
1: uh, and so we, we, you know, when we ran, we used to run an agency. When we ran that agency, um, we would meet a lot of innovation groups. We'd meet them in banks. We'd meet them in, in, uh, in public, ser- public sector companies, um, transit systems. There's always, everybody's always like, we got to put some money aside for innovation. Like that's really, really important. The thing that happens, and, and sometimes interesting things materialize, right? The issue is it slams into the absolutely overwhelming political inertia of a large organization and then dies. Always. Look, let's, always.
0: let's let's do what no one ever does and just be utterly empathetic to the people back in Rochester, New York, for once. Because all anyone has said for 50 years is that they were idiots who missed the whole thing, right? I have an amazing business with photocopiers and law offices, and you come back to me, and you are obviously really smart. You are the cool kids, and you have made something that looks like science fiction. It moves the documents around on the screen. It prints them on a laser printer, and it is just fantastic. And I go, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then I think, I have to go to a law office and convince them to spend $30,000 per secretary To become, to print world-class stuff that looks absolutely beautiful. And they're going to say, I'll just take three more copiers, thanks. Okay, so. 100%. Absolutely. Now I'm going to go, I mean, this is amazing, but, and here's the real Mm -hmm. gap. Here's the real challenge. I'm not going to be able to sell, this might be 20 years in the future. I have to deal with Q3, right? This mm-hmm. is the integration point that's actually where it implodes. It's not that they're dumb. They, were, they knew what their business. They knew they couldn't walk in with 10 Xerox Altos and sell them at, you know, some giant mm-hmm. law firm in Manhattan. What they knew, and they, they probably knew they were seeing the future, and then they went, okay, because who's going to turn it into the future? People who have absolutely no investment in the past, and that you can't have inside the company. You can't have someone who's like, I don't really care what lawyers think. I don't care what our customers want to do. I just want to go ahead and sell this all day. You have to go set up a new venture outside. There's yes. no way to do that in the giant company.
1: Yes. You you, you can do it in the giant. There is a way to do it. And it has happened. And the o- from what I have seen, the only thing that makes it happen is... An absolutely obsessive, almost like nearly tyrannical leadership that just loses its mind. They can't believe you ordered so many pizzas in the kitchen. Well, this person, their minds,
0: this person has to be able to look at their managers and say, I know you think you're doing well. You've met all the goals that I've put forward. It's over, but it doesn't matter because we're failing. And then the, the managers have to go, they're not. They haven't lost their marbles. They see the future. I want to get on board. Okay. So you've now, that's like, that's very hard. Netflix still, you know, the, you know who can do that? Founders inside of giant companies.
1: Yes. Yes. Founders Steve Jobs. can do that. Steve, that they're about Steve the only Jobs. ones who can do it. That's a great point. Steve
0: Jobs goes back to Apple. Founder mentality. Uh, Hastings at Netflix. Founder mentality. Founder mentality. And everybody has to kind of go with them, not because they're the greatest business geniuses ever, uh, but mm-hmm. because founder mentality is this thing is always five seconds away from total disaster. It doesn't matter how big it is. It doesn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas CEO, mm-hmm. classic CEO mentality. Well, I, I'm at my sweater company. It's 118 years old or 180 years old. And um, the CEO is like going to be a guy named Jeff, could be spelled with a J, could be spelled with a G, but it's almost definitely mm-hmm. Jeff. He's got 12 MBAs, went to every MBA program in America. And mm-hmm. he is optimized. And then you're going to come to him and you're going to say, oh, in the future, sheep will be AI powered and we will print mm-hmm. sweaters in our houses. And he's going to go, what? He's not. Yeah. There's no way that guy is then going to turn to his executive, like recruitment, recruited team of super CEOs. Who are all wool experts and say, guess what? We're Shoot. blowing it up. Mm-hmm. That's just mm-hmm. not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, all right, so now the innovation group. Let's cover another thing. Is this worth yeah. it? Why have an innovation group? Why do
1: this? Why do companies keep doing this? Well, let me talk about the structural flaw here. Innovation group is, is um, you're kind of, De- dead on arrival. If you are in an innovation group, you're kind of already been relegated to the playground, like the the you know the little playground that's attached to the McDonald's, not the actual McDonald's. And so you're already you it, it is the uh, an innovation
0: group is the sp- neuter program for corporate politics.
1: It's bad. It's it's not good because innovation is like okay, you do your thing, pat on the head. We're gonna keep printing money by selling so many copiers. And if you've seen the new X5000 that's like 10 pages a minute faster, you're, you you keep doing your thing. Good for you. right? And so that's very distinct from everyone, all hands. This is either the beginning of the end or the beginning of a new beginning. And that is a shattering moment, right? right. Because and if everything you're not that you are on- good at
0: if you're not on the boat you know like like that's the other part of this is like often they'll be like all right well you know it might be time for you to go there
1: mhm mhm yep exactly okay um okay. so okay so this is the Audi and ford advisors right um how let, let's let's give a giant fortune 100 company fortune 100 company a piece of advice Okay. A couple of pieces of advice. All right. Tell okay. the sweater company what um,
0: to do with its innovation group.
1: Here's the thing to keep in mind. There's many years of money left to make anyway, even for your sweater company in 3D printing. And that, the idea of foregoing that, and I've been inside of big organizations that um, sell disposable refills of something, I don't want to say what, and will they see another 10 years of really good money. Yeah, it's declining. It's not growing. It's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, we want to go play in the new stuff." But man, there's still a lot of money to be made. So how do sure. you get an organization to keep going steady as she goes, make your billions, but at the same time, right, effectively stand up something that innovates? The biggest mistake organizations make is they like they say to themselves, "We have to change." News bulletin you're not going to change. Unless you have that tyrant, you're just not going to change. So what you're better off doing actually is starting to stand up something that doesn't have the the legacy, the arrogance, the comfort, the muscle memory, the organizational muscle, muscle memory that made you successful today. Because the things that made you good today are actually liabilities. Telling that to a billion trillion dollar company, that's like a crazy thing to say. And there's another 10 years of sweater sales, dude. Everybody needs sure. sweaters, calm down. And so what you have is a, a, an opportunity to essentially parallel path, let something take hold that is connected to you, but is really has autonomy to go. Most Mm -hmm. innovation groups don't have autonomy. They have nothing. And it is depressing to watch because they can go five years without shipping shit. And that is reality always. And I'm not saying that to put any specific company down. It is the reality of being in that innovation group. And the bigger the company, the more meaningless you are in that organization. You need freedom. You need autonomy. And you need, if you can get the advocate, great. Look, the Reed Hastings and Steve Jobs of the world, they are rare, rare cases because they essentially took the whole damn ship and said, gut it and refit it. Nobody I mean, I does it. It's very rare.
0: It's worth dividing innovation group away from R&D. Like IBM had R&D that defined mm-hmm. chunks of the industry for 75 mm-hmm. years because it'd be like, you know what? We can do this with transistors and everybody's... And then they would... Mm-hmm turn that into a product. Like there was a funnel where -hmm. people would sit in a room, do science, Bell Labs, you know, they would turn ideas into products related to the larger efforts of the organization. The innovation group as a concept is more like future's coming. We better be ready. It's going to be really different, Mm -hmm. but we want to keep Mm -hmm. it close. So there is, R&D is fundamental. You can't be a giant organization and not sort of invest in growing new products from from seed mm-hmm. and figuring out how that fits in with your bigger world. This is a different totally. thing. This is like this concept where you're going to bring, you know, a lot of times like startup style mentality
1: into the big org. I, I think this is this is why they struggle to hire. Yeah. This is why they struggle to create culture because you can't escape the, the the beast. It's too big. And so how do you do it? And there are examples of companies that they keep arms length. You can see they're they're owned by them in the fine print, but they have their own brand. They have yeah. their own cool offices with, and, and, you know, they try that, um, and, and and that's better. That is better. But yeah, how do you get someone who's been eating steak every day to all of a sudden be hungry?
0: You know and what it's I like, do? Like, oh,
1: yeah. we're going back to carrots, everybody.
0: But then what's funny? That's why it's so hard, Rich, because it's like, okay, well, obviously what we should do is set up a venture fund, keep arms lean, get the, you know, put a lot of little bets down
1: and see what happens. Now what?: That's the other move, right? Buy stuff, buy the stuff. <laughs> and yeah. they do it. Um, and, and you know, uh, you know, famously, um, you know, Gillette is like, maybe as long as people's facial hair grows and armpit hairs grow or something. There was re there's, you know, disposable razors to be bought, man. It is a jewel. Right. And then Dollar Shave Club shows up and you know the, the real innovation there is like we'll mail them to you on a regular basis. And right. Gillette, I don't know if it was Gillette or what I think it was Gillette, lost their minds. They're like, oh God. Oh my God. They use the mail to ship razors. <laughs> they bought them for some like for some oh, like no, no, unheard was,
0: amount of money. It was Unilever. They bought them for like a billion
1: dollars. Then they started a magazine. Yeah. And it, it, it was, was a while. They just lost yeah. their shit. It's like, oh my god. Okay, either this is eat or be eaten. Look, this is you know the more cynical view of this is a lot of times they're bought to sort of cut the oxygen on them and let them die, all, you know, out in the back, so that you can go back to selling what you sell, right? And you know that is that's a that's a very sort of grim view of it. But look, people, you know, people buy companies because they see them as threats, not as additive. Very often, what? right.
0: Let's solve this though. I run the I'm a big part of the giant sweater company. I'm willing to accept that maybe my innovation group is all it's cracked up to be. Maybe we
1: oversold it. Mm-hmm.
0: But what the hell do I do, man? Because the future's coming for me.
1: The innovate oh well, okay. If you if you're really if you really believe in something, you got the passion for it, you can stomach some risk, go start it outside because your old employer will probably buy it off you. So get out, get some funding, and try it out. If you if you've got the appetite for that, right? That's that that's one move. path. I, I feel that like the
0: companies that do enable that, that's often like the quiet success. You see
1: those stories
0: because you know what happens there is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sally was really frustrated. She went and started this thing. We bought it, and the thing is, then Sally knows how to work inside the company. Yes, yes. So that, that's that, right. That five year loop, right? and then Sally got really she rich. She knows how but to. She's okay. sh- she, she wants it to land well, so it all works out
1: exactly. Exactly. And look, not everybody has the the stomach for that. Like it's hard and brutal. There are no, we say it on this podcast all the time, there are no shortcuts. So right. it's it's a it's a credible suggestion. It's a credible piece of advice if you've got the, you know, the sort of will to do it, right? And and kind of really go through the experience.
0: Okay, what's my other option?
1: Um If you're in a, the bigger, this is, I I could, I could graph this, right? The Hmm. bigger the org, the less likely it is you're going to see what you've created and what you're innovating on become real, right? Because the, 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 the gravitational pull is too strong. Go, if, if, you know, I'm not going to tell you how to navigate whatever company you're in politically so that your innovation succeeds. This is a much more dire picture of the reality because we've just been in, We've been in too many orgs and we know there is no path.
0: But also, everyone can relax because like Google can't innovate anymore.
1: Nobody can once they get big enough. Nobody can. So here's what you can do. Go find a 200-person company that's doing really well, that actually still has some nimbleness to it, where the impact radius of what you do is relative to the surface area of the place you're in. The smaller the surface area, the more of an impact you can make. If you think you're going to change everything, two hundred
0: is a good size. Ninety to one hundred and fifty is a terrible size because that's just when people are learning politics inside of that <laughs> org. Like it should a,
1: be just a, yeah, I mean, a, a frankly, little bit two hundred to five hundred. Two hundred to five hundred. Yeah. Now but we're talking about it's dis- a real company.
0: Yeah, your skills transfer yeah. a little bit, and so on. That it's either like people think they want a startup, and then they think they want a little bigger than a startup. You want like a five hundred person company yeah. if you're going don't, from a yeah exactly.
1: Company. And the last piece of advice, don't be discouraged. Don't feel like, oh, my God, just think of MasterCard. MasterCard's a behemoth, and they haven't done a single thing except redesign the front of their credit cards. God bless them. Oh, man, I don't even want to Google MasterCard Innovation Group. Yeah. Can you imagine? There goes innovators? the MasterCard partnership with with our startup. <laughs> yeah, I
0: no, we should, we should, uh we should talk to our sales guys, make sure they're okay.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> <All right. laughs> um good discussion. All right, well, gonna, very yeah, hard no, problem.
0: No. I, so it's advice, gonna, but it's
1: also kind of a dose of reality too. Well, maybe what I'll do is I'll go
0: start my new sweater technology company, get a little investment okay. from my giant co. Do it. And then they'll buy me yeah. five years later for for two thousand yeah. bales
1: of wool. <laughs> success. Uh, you're success. listening to the Ziadi the Ziotti and Ford podcast at ZiottiFord.com and at ZiottiFord on Twitter Um, hit us up hello at ZiottiFord.com we love to get feedback mailbag mailbag and uh, we love answering questions have a lovely week Paul ah yes you have a good week too of course I'll see
0: you in a minute (laughs) bye bye everybody. everybody